You're dialed in to the Turn In Two podcast with your hosts, Matt Mills and Tito. Welcome back, Cardinal fans, to another episode of the Turn In Two podcast, season three, episode number eight. Back with me again, the one, the only, Trivera Tops, also known as Tito. Tweedo. Also known as Tweedo, also known as Puerto Rican Poppy, also known as. Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm all out now. Man, yeah, I don't have anything for you either. That's fine. First and foremost, I know we're going to jump right into it, but what an absolute pile of shit <laughs> the way that game ended, not just the way the game happened today. Um, not what we expect, not what we wanted. Um, and I don't really think that we got the job done um, over the past two series that we spoke about that we were needing to get done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, without going into too much detail on, on today's game, because I know you and I have some some very serious and frank thoughts about it. But look, um, the fact of the matter is, is that in the last 10 games, you've lost two to the Red Sox. Uh, you lost two to the Brewers in a four-game set. And then you lost two to the Cubs here. So that's what, six losses in 10 games. Um, that's not good. That's not good enough for the team. Um, that's, not, that's not good enough in the playoff hunt. Um, and certainly not good enough to win the division. Yeah, absolutely. And um, to, to, today shouldn't have went how it did. Um, I know that you want to hang your hat on me ruining it, but, <laughs> you know, at the same time, a lot of good things were happening. Um, should, coulda, shoulda, damn near, I guess, almost did have, you know, back-to-back-to-back home runs if r and yeah. would have bridged that. But yeah. at the same time, you know, I don't know if you were paying attention while you were there, but, um, you know, Brendan Donovan was cooking up a, a cycle always also in the process. Yeah. And, um, you know, for that to all take place and the Cardinals fall flat on their face and end up losing the game, it, it should be an eye opener to not necessarily the Cardinals, but the front office. Um, you can't let shit like that happen. You can't let games that are in your pocket, literally in your pocket, go. And when St. Louis has the bullpen that they do and you have a handful of guys you can go to when you need them, and then on the other days you're just throwing your bits and pieces at the wall and see what sticks, that's not a recipe for success. And we saw that in action today. And it cost us a game. And, you know, come September, that could really bite us in the ass because of that game in June where we didn't have any freaking arms. Yeah, let's 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 go ahead and break down today's game. Um, As you said, I was at it. I was watching pretty much every pitch. I mean, up to the point where I I just couldn't look. I couldn't look at, at some of the pitches being thrown because I'm thinking to myself, this is one of the worst games I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, you know, you can count on on two hands how many times the Cardinals have uh, 
you know, gone up five runs or more and end up losing that game. Um, you know, that's, that's how good they are at times, but you know, this today's game is essentially a microcosm of the entire year. And let me go back before I, I truly hit on a couple different points that I want to talk to you about. I want to start off by saying this last year, the Cardinals had a really, really bad June. And that cost them the division. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you or anybody listening that this June has been as bad as last year, because last year they didn't have a winning June. And that was the first time that that's happened in a really, really long time. And even though that the Cardinals may not, may not have a losing record in June this year, these are the types of losses that stick in your head and say, what else can we do? These are the type of losses that you go out there, you play your butt off for the first three innings, then you just see the train derail and you can see the train wreck from a mile away. If you're some people and you think to yourself, how are we supposed to stop that? How can we prevent it? How are we supposed to move on from these things? Because at the end of the day, you have to move on at some point. But as you and I have talked about earlier, you cannot, you cannot rely on your August and your September that we're so accustomed to as Cardinal fans to bail you out. It cannot happen. It should not happen. But I'm again, I'm not saying that this loss is everything to the Cardinals. But if you're looking at how this played out for the team, this is the crux of the team for the entire year. Your starter can't go enough innings. Your middle relief can't give you quality innings. Actually, you know, your middle reliever couldn't even give you an out before he gave up four hits in a row. So then you have to bring somebody into the game that is not prepared to pitch, probably colder than he wanted to be. First batter he sees gives up a hit and scores and two runs score. Then all of a sudden two become five, and then you have a tie game. And guess what? Your offense disappears. Where have we heard that before? And then not only that, your offense disappears. Sure, you get good pitching. They don't score a run. But you could smell the defeat on that team. And sure, I texted you. I thought Albert Pujols was going to hit a walk-off home run because I thought we were going to have a chance. Nope. That gets taken away because of inadequacy on the mound and inadequacy at the plate after X amount of innings. Because I got to tell you, when you go up 5-0, to zero, you should win that game 100% of the time. 100%. Yes, you have to play, and that's that's the beauty of baseball. That's why there's nine innings. You should not lose that game. There's not a chance in hell you should lose that game. So with that being said, I want to start off with Jack Flaherty. And I've got to ask you, man, I, I, I don't know what it's what's going to come of this new shoulder issue, but I think – for what I have seen, 
the time is now to say, you know what, you're going on a longer DL or IL stint than you ever have been in your entire life. And we need you to get healthy so we can see you in uh, August, September, and October. Yeah. And I think that uh, <clears throat> Marmol said that um, they pulled him for precautionary reasons due to this t- dead arm, essentially. Um, which, regardless, he was pulled, it's not good. Um, but yeah, I think there's a little bit of a rush getting him back. Um, you know, he made the start in double A, made the start in triple A, and then they said, okay, let's go. You know, um, they didn't they didn't really ramp up his work. And now we're kind of hosed again. Um, potentially, I guess. But uh yeah, I think they pulled him off a little too soon. Was I excited after what I saw? Absolutely. But um obviously something else was not done. And he needed a little bit more time to get ramped up because, I mean, I would assume you're going to take a major league game a little bit more serious than you would a rehab assignment. Um, And I'm sure the juices are flowing and you're a little bit more amped up. So that's just my thoughts on it. I I, I don't know. I hope he doesn't go on an IL stint. Um, The the pitching staff cannot handle that really. Um, But I guess if it's in the cards, it's in the cards. But here's here's my issue. These are his last two the before today, these were his outings, right? Three innings pitched, four earned or three earned, two earned in both of those games, three innings pitched, seven walks between the two games, mm-hmm. four strikeouts between the two games, combined 750 ERA, combined 795 FIP for those baseball analytic people that's bad that's not good that's not good so it sounds like we got some control issues definitely we have a lot of control issues he's going 71 pitches in in his last start 60 pitches uh the start before in three innings Mm -hmm. that's not good yeah and today look injury you know injury may have saved him from a complete collapse but two innings, what does that give you? What is that? Mm-hmm. That does not do anything for the team. But as you just said, it does zero good for the rotation for him to go out there and spin another two innings mm-hmm. to then give it to your guys who we already complain about because they can't pitch in certain situations. Look what happens to Nick Whitgren. Mm-hmm. That, that is a product of of Jack Flaherty not being able to go that many innings because let's say Jack gets through four innings and they're up five to zero after four Whit green comes in for an inning. There you go. I take that. Oviedo gets the sixth and seventh and then you bridge eight and nine, but it doesn't work that way when your starter can only go two innings. I'm sorry. I really like Jack Flaherty. I think he has excellent stuff when he's right. Mm -hmm. When he is right, he is not right right now. And I know he knows his body. I can't, I'm not going to try and act like I know everything about Jack Flaherty. He is the only one that knows his body. And if he is saying, look, I'm good to go, I can play. I'm going to have a hard time, you know, not believing him. But sometimes 
you have to go with what your gut is telling you. And if your gut is telling you, hey, you don't have it right now, and this is for the better of not only you as the player, but the team, then the team needs to come first. And he has to understand that. Mm-hmm. If the And this is to your point, the front office, because this is where I'm going with this. If the front office sees that Jack Flaherty can only get you no more than three innings in three starts, and in this case, too, because of injury, something's got to give here. You cannot continue to rely on internal options either. You have to go make a move. You have to do that. And if, if you want to win, because that's what all we've been hearing is, oh, the team wants to win. We're ready to win. We can do this. Ali Marmol, World Series. Well, then we, you've got to put the chips on the table. We need to stop jockeying these guys back and forth between Palante and Libertor on starting, really. I agree. I so agree. Throwing them out there to start the game and then putting them in the bullpen, you know, two days later. That's absurd. Um, but they got to figure something out. I mean, like I said earlier, you know, this having these quote-unquote lockdown guys in one game and then next game you're just like, well, shit, let's see what we got, you know. It's just not getting us anywhere. And obviously, we saw that happen today. You don't know you you, you can't throw anything out there. Yeah, I, I mean, look, do you, does anybody did anybody really expect Nick Wickren to give up four consecutive hits by the time it was all said and done? No, but the the fact of the matter is, is he did. He hasn't been as good as we needed him to be, and that really hurts the team. It's no different than Brett Cecil when he was on the team a couple of years ago. Couldn't pitch. Hitting guys. Everything everything got hit off of him. He couldn't throw a strike. Same thing with Andrew Miller. Couldn't throw a strike. We had to watch his sidearm ass try and fling one up there, and it wouldn't stick. It's no different than TJ McFarland this year. Everything he throws up there gets hit. It feels like every time he comes up there, it gets hit for a home run. These middle relievers are not doing their job. And we have heard Alimar Mole before say, if you're not doing your job, you're not going to play. But that cannot be the same approach when it comes to pitching mm-hmm. because you cannot throw Helsley, Gallegos, and Cabrera every single night. You can't do that. So your only, your only option is to trust in the guys that you have there. Well, guess what? They're not getting it done. So what is the move? What is Mo going to do? Well, this is the signal for him to get off his ass and get something done because, I mean, you can't sit there and watch that game and go, huh, this team's going to do something. Right. Well, I don't think anybody's going to sit there and say, hey, this team is going to do something if they continue to give games away when they're up 5-0. to zero. Mm-hmm. Again, you're not going to be able to predict a meltdown like what we saw with Nick Wickern today, but it's not like it was that far-fetched. That, that game, look, when you go up 5-0 to zero and the first two guys get on base, I'd have pulled him right then. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say this is all Nick Wickren's fault. This is on Ollie Marmol too. But again, it's, it's almost like a hand-in-hand kind of thing, right? On one hand, you've got Nick Wickren shit in the bed, and then Ali Marmol on the other hand saying, well, if Nick shit in the bed, I can't make a move because I don't have anybody else. Who am I going to throw out there? Packy Naughton's not ready. Johan Oviedo's not ready to go. 
So now I have to I have to throw Nick Wicker and a couple more guys in order for Johan Oviedo to get ready to go, which he should have been ready to go in to begin with. Yeah. That that is what this is why this this game is a full whole circle for the Cardinal season. If anybody has been paying attention, anybody listening to this and has been paying attention to the team, you know exactly what I'm talking about with this. This moment, that moment of Nit Wickering going too long before somebody was ready to go is a fallacy on Ali Marmol's part. But this has not been the first time that he's done it this season. And it's almost the exact same thing or why I chirped on Mike Schultz's ass all the time for his bullpen management because he had no idea when to get somebody ready to go, no matter the situation. Because if Nit Wickren had not been doing it for you earlier, what makes you think he would do it for you now? You can't live by trust every single time. You have to go with your gut sometimes. That's just the bottom line. Yeah, let's, let's, let's take it even down further than that. Why the hell does Mo think bargain bin shopping for relief arms going to do anything? You're trying to get the best value you can out of your money. And that's not saying a lot because when you're getting zero value on the field, then your money is way in the negative. The problem is, is you're trying to find what can, what best suits your team as well. Um, Pitching style wise, I should say sinker ballers, et cetera, et cetera. But the problem is, is sometimes it just doesn't work. We've seen in free agency how pitching has gone for Mo, and it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if there is some scouting issues that they are not looking into because I think everybody and their mother, whenever they signed Drew Verhagen, the first thought they the you know the first thought was who the hell is that dude? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Nick Wickren. No offense to them, but who the hell are they? Mm-hmm. And look, if you're pitching at the major league level, kudos to you because you made it a lot further than anybody than a lot of other people in this world. But at the end of the day, you're still a professional pitcher and you're not doing your job. You know, mm-hmm. on the radio the other day, they were talking about Drew Verhagen and saying that he has the stuff, but it's just not quite clicking. And he, I think he even said that himself. But if that's the case, then what are you doing to fix it? The same thing with Nick Wickren, right? At times he's shown that he can pitch, but then today, days like today, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Four hits in a row? it's just really difficult to understand the philosophy of, of getting middle relief pitching when you've had success before. Why are we not trying to duplicate that? Why are we not looking at years past and seeing, Hey, this was what works for us. Why are we not trying to keep Luis Garcia? I understand that he probably wanted to go to San Diego, but why not make a more concentrated effort and say, Hey, no, 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 no. You belong here. This is where we need you. Yeah, there's just a lot of questions when it comes to to relief pitching and acquiring them. That doesn't make sense, because guess what? What happened in 2011? How did we get how did our bullpen get so good? Trade. Oh, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Here we are not doing we haven't made a trade for middle relief guys. in I don't know how long. 
I'm not counting John Lester and, and J.A. Happ or J.A. Happ or whomever it was else. That doesn't count because those were for starting pitching because we couldn't throw strikes. Mm-hmm. So we made earlier in the year, I know you and I had talked about how this team feels very 2011-esque. Just their ability to continue to fight. They're going to need a 2011-esque moment here coming up with a trade because this team cannot continue to win games like this. They were, they were, they looked great coming out of May, middle of June. They do not look that way right now. Like I said, six losses in their last 10. And a lot of it has been riding on the starting pitching in the bullpen somewhat on the offense because, you know, lack of production. Hey, you're not supporting your pitchers. That's what's going to happen. Miles Michaelis will tell you that first firsthand. Yeah. But you you have to look in the mirror at some point and say, okay, what do I need to do? And I'm talking about John Moselak here. What do I need to do to push this team? Because otherwise I'm not going to, I'm not jumping ship obviously, but you know, if you're expecting to win a division, it's not going to happen. No, I mean, these games count. You know, yeah. count. No. you shouldn't lose to the Cubs on a weekend at home. I'm no. sorry. I, I'm sorry. That is that's unacceptable. We t- last week we talked about teams having our our number in the Boston Red Sox. Why can't we figure out Kyle Hendricks? Why can't we do it? I don't get it. He's not that good. He's no, got a great changeup. But so it's like when we see the changeup, we lose our fucking mind. What what is it about him that makes him unhittable when we're playing him? Yep. Well, and I, I, that just blows my mind that we cannot do that against him. It, he if he was more efficient with his pitches, he easily could have had a complete game shutout. Oh, easily. absolutely. Well, and we're about to enter into the buzzsaw of Marlins pitching staff. I mean, it's just. We did not set ourselves up well going into this next series at all. Oh, I mean, holy shit. Like, we're I, gosh, this is the native Nancy turning two podcasts. I mean, well, I mean, it's 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 not necessarily that, it's all true. You know, yeah. I mean, Marlon's pitching staff is good. Why? Because we had to trade one of our guys to get a goddamn Marcelo Zuna. I don't know. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's okay. So we're still on the game. We're still on today's game. Let's talk about the good things. Um, Brendan Donovan might be slowly becoming one of my favorite players, right up there with Tommy Edmond. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dude's uh, the dude's motor just continues to run, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching him play. And this does not help our talk from last week at all. <laughs> regarding him and Nolan Gorman and what can you do? Um, but the dude can play. Um, I think, I think our, our good buddy, uh, Brendan Schaefer, you know, said, you know, posted something about it is if, if he was for real or if, if this is to stay. And I got to say, um, I, I really do think so. I, I think Brendan Donovan is, is as good as we think he is right now. Um, but he just he's such a good contact hitter. Uh, I don't know, man, that rookie of the year for him is, is easily within sight. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's 
he's up there. And the thing is, is it's not he's playing like a veteran player. He's not playing like a rookie. You know, he's not, you know, going cold, hot, cold, hot, nothing like that. It seems like every game that he plays in, he's doing something, um, whether it be, you know, the one game where he stretched that single into a double and I mean, granted was almost thrown out, but you know, it seems like he's doing something in every game more so than just the numbers um, on the stat line, you know, it just seems like he's, he, he's a full blooded gamer. So. Yeah. And look, he's a guy that doesn't hit for a lot of power. I mean, even today that ball barely gets out. Um, but the guy puts the ball in play and that's what you ask of your hitters is to put the ball in play. Um, and, and he play. he's such a, a Swiss army knife kind of player where you can play him in any, in pretty yeah. much any position outside of catcher um, and probably center field for lack of experience. But um, it's just amazing to see how he has developed. And like I said, I mean, when Tommy Edmond first came up, that's what Brendan Donovan reminds me of right now. Um, and so I'm hoping that with the next, <laughs> you know, the next, you know, few months, uh, Donovan can continue that kind of play and, and maybe sneak himself a rookie of the year, you know, vote or two, and maybe, maybe even make the finalists. I mean, there are a lot of good rookies out there. Um, and so he's going to have to work his tail off, but, he, he's really shown me that he, he's here to play. And I just, that, he's the kind of player that the Cardinals never, never let go. They just yep. don't. He, he's just that kind of a player. I think he reminds me of a better version. Now, this may be kind of hard, but maybe a better version of Skip Schumacher, you know? Skip always yeah. seemed to be a, a, um, you know, a multi-use guy. Uh, so... Yeah, and it it it's weird because like if yeah, and I like that comparison a lot because you know Skip obviously being back on the team this year, you know, affinity for St. Louis, and I think Brendan Donovan would eventually grow into that. But yeah, Skip was a very versatile player. Um, Brendan Donovan is is equally, if not more, versatile than mm-hmm. uh, than Skip Schumacher, and probably a better hitter too. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I definitely can see. <clears throat> Um, he's, he's just a baller, dude. I'm, I'm, the similarities between him and Tommy Edmond are, are, um, very, very high in my, in my regard. And I, that's not very high, but, um, but I, I truly think, um, he's a, he's a guy that will be around a long time. I hope so. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, the, like I said, we, we both believe he's a gamer um as you said he was on his way for a possible cycle today until they walked him like the cowards that they are um and unfortunately when he did walk that didn't come back to bite uh the cubs so uh, just a lot to lot to like about him and um and and the way he's playing right now and hopefully you know, as as you've mentioned, they're coming up against the Marlins buzzsaw. They will see Pablo Lopez and Sandy Alcantara this series, so that's not going to be any fun uh, for the for the hitters. But you got to find a way to win. You have to. You, you're going to have to put put whatever whatever this pile of steamy sack of you know what behind you this weekend and 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 figure it out. Do you see? 
Do you see the Cardinals making a move for another pitcher before the deadline? How much before? Well, we got a month essentially. <clears throat> so in the next two, three weeks. In the next two to three weeks, yes, yeah. I, I could see them making a move. I, it just depends on the the situation. How desperate is the team at certain points? Yeah. Look again, it, and I, I think a lot of it will ride on what's going on with Flaherty as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if Flaherty is going to be shut down for another month or two, I think you don't have much of a choice but to go get a starting pitcher, um, and that's got to be sooner than later. Um, I know Frankie Montes continues to be a name that the Cardinals are attached to, um, but I would, you know, I would be looking at anything that is cost effective but can give you innings um, and go out there and win a ball game. Um, and I think Frankie Montes obviously fits that bill. I know that there's been talks about Madison Bumgarner. Um, I know I, I don't know what to think of it, but. I don't hate it in terms of he would give you innings and you know what he's capable of. Um, And who knows, maybe in a more pitcher-friendly ballpark, um, he does better. Um, That's certainly a name that's out there. Um, There are certainly others, you know, other names that you would love to see. I mean, unfortunately, because the Guardians are in first place somehow, Shane Bieber's name is not a name that you're going to probably associate with the Cardinals unless the Guardians at some point say, you know what, we're tired of winning and we need to we need to start losing games because we want to get better in other places. Um, so will they make a move in the next two to three weeks? I, I think they do. Um, will they make a move in one to two weeks? No. So if you're a Cardinal fan and you're expecting the team to do something, I'm sure they will, um, but it won't be until the very end of, of the of the month of July, if not on deadline day. Yeah. God, that's terrible. I know, I know. I don't want to say it like that because you want I want to be optimistic and I want the team to be like, oh, you know what? We probably should do something about it, but this team operates the same way every single year. It's secret, 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 it's secret until it's not. And when it's not, it's usually on deadline day. I mean, I don't think I've – there have been very few moves where they've done, you know, one to two days before or even a week before the deadline closes. So I'm not expecting much. I, I promise you this, I will be looking at all the beat reporters, what they're writing, particularly, particularly Derek Gould. Uh, because he seems to be the one that always says something in his articles and then refers back to it whenever the moves happens and says, see, I told you. It's in the paper. Read it. It's in the paper. Read it. Which, hey, I mean, I don't blame him. It is in the paper. You should read it. You should read anything that you get a chance to. But that's that's where I'm hanging my hat is that they won't get a deal done and probably until the last week of the deadline and you can only hope that it's for starting pitching and it'll really pitch it. Yeah, they're gonna have to get something done because I mean this makeshift band-aid business is not working. Well, one of the bright last, sides it didn't work last year, it cannot work this year. One of the bright sides that I saw today was um Zach Thompson. Uh he continues to look good. Um looks like he's settling in a little bit more. 
Yeah, his his fastball's got good life to it. His curveball is a plus pitch. So yeah, I totally agree with you there. Anything else that stuck stuck out over the past couple of series? I don't know. I mean, I could I could go on a huge rant about pitching some more, but I feel like I got my point across earlier is that it just hasn't been good enough. Um, starting has not been good enough. Um, the offense, I think, is okay. I mean, there are days it's that's going to happen. Um, you know, even today, you know, hitting three home runs in an inning, um, you know, that's, that's good stuff. I mean, again, you're not expecting to lose that game, but um, you wish that after the third inning, they would have continued to do something else. Uh, but it felt like every time they were up to bat, it was one, two, three, one, two, three, four. I mean, it didn't really matter that much because it just felt like they kind of turned the switch off because they, you know, Hey, I'm up five to zero. I'm not going to do anything else about it. Um, and that's a lull that you hope the team can avoid. Uh, because as you said, I mean, we've got a lot of tough games coming up um, and and you want the team clicking uh, to get through these months, but, uh, you know, at least through the end of this of this calendar month of June. Yeah, I mean, the Dodgers are coming up soon. Um, mm-hmm. I will be in attendance for at least one of those games. I will be in attendance for at least one of those games as well. Oh, wow, the 14th? I haven't decided yet. Whichever day I decide to buy tickets, I suppose. No, it was the fourteenth of Tuesday. Uh, sure, we'll say that. Know. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I don't. I'm not. I'm not really that in tuned. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Thursday, I'll be there. I'll be there. Um, most likely in attendance. So I mean, double the trouble that night. Uh, may um, things may get a little wild. Uh oh. Things may get a little wild. Um, <laughs> good time to bounce on top of the Dodgers, though, for sure, with um, them semi-struggling right now with all their injuries um, and everything else. Good time to get a W out of them. Won't be easy, of course, regardless. No, it's it's that's who they are. It's They're the Dodgers for a reason. The Doyers. Those Doyers, yeah. Um, oh, you know what? I think Bianco will be there on the 14th, too. So, as I said, things will have to party. Things might be getting a little wild. Maybe shotgun beers at second base, Tito. I love it. <laughs> um, so across the league, anything that's sticking out to you other than the Yankees getting blanked by the Astros the other night? No hit. Yeah, um, was about no hit today. Yeah, I saw that, but yeah, the man. Lord and Savior. Aaron Judge, all rise. My gosh, man, that guy is on a complete kill zone right now. When he came up, you know, a couple years ago, I I got him is the very last pick in my fantasy draft. It was like the the 15th or 16th round. I, I drafted him, and this was a keeper league at that time. That was when he had that awesome rookie of the year campaign, and should have won the MVP that year too. Um, I have zero doubt in my mind that he will win MVP this year in the AL. 
Um, as good as Shohei Otani is, and if he has a monster second half, I don't think it's enough to, to overcome Aaron Judge if he continues to do this all year. Um, he's just that good. It's the same thing with Paul Goldschmidt. Um, if Paul Goldschmidt continues to, to be a, a bopper and hits at a 330 clip or higher with, you know, 30 home runs, 120 RBI, I, I just don't see how anybody else in the league is going to be an MVP, is the MVP in the National League over that. Um, it just, I just don't see it. And, um, but as far as Aaron Judge is concerned, you know, he, he's coming off, uh, this is his last year. I know he just, you know, settled arbitration for like 19, 20 million or something like that. Um, this guy's going to be commanding well north of 30 million plus a year. Um, but boy, would I do a lot to get have him on the Cardinals. Oh yeah. Good. My gosh. Could you, <laughs> could you imagine a lineup of, of Edmund Donovan, Goldie, Arnado, and Judge as your as your one through five. That's that's asking for her. And, and you might, you know what? You might even switch between Arnado and and uh Judge just to have his back come up even sooner. Um, but he's a he's a baller, dude. He's a, he's such a baller, and I, I wish the Cardinals could afford him, but you know, if, if Carlos Correa is going to get 30 something million or if Lindor is getting 32 million um, for playing shortstop and Aaron judge can play center field as big as he is um, he's going to easily get 30 to 35 million. I could easily see that. Yeah. I just hope he becomes uh public enemy number one and doesn't sign with the Yankees. Yeah, that, that's going to be an interesting thing because I think over the weekend I heard a lot of talk that the Yankees, you know, if there was a player that they truly would want to get, it would be Shohei Otani, which would be insane, but it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you've got a ton of, of Japanese uh, Americans out there in the East Coast. It's an East Coast team, so the the limelight's going to be on him a little bit more, and he's a two just a two-way bonafide star um he would do very well in in new york i mean could you imagine some of the lasers he hits now going oh, out in yankee stadium on that right field <laughs> i mean that what he hit like a four 462 home run home run over the weekend i think yesterday it was a, I mean, it was a blast that's what i'm saying that the dude knows how to hit and and again when I saw him in Kansas City for the first time, that was the best player I have ever seen in my entire life outside of Albert Pujols. He was that good, and he's that fast when he's playing, uh, when he's uh, running at full speed. I mean, he was just uh, an incredible uh, – it's a phenomena that uh, has happened in baseball that, you know, you don't see very often. Um, he's just that good, and I could easily see the Yankees saying, you know what, Aaron Judge? Thank you, but no thank you. Um, Shohei, how much do you want? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, I don't think Shohei is going to stay around like Mike Trout did. I really no, but he's – why? Why would you? Look what they are. Look what they are. This is why I don't know why Mike Trout stayed around for that long. I just don't get it. And, I'm like, look, I get you're getting as much money as Mike Trout is going to get, and I probably would sign there too. But I, I just wish – people would openly admit like I care more about winning than I do the team I'm with sometimes. 
like the, the, you know, there are certain players that it works for like Yadier Molina being with the Cardinals for his entire career. The, the fact of the matter is though, is that they continued to win while he was on the team with Mike Trout. It just doesn't make sense to me. So of course, if I'm Shohei Otani, I'm gone too. I don't, I don't need to be here if we're not going to win. I want to win. Mm-hmm. If the dude, the dude's already 27, 28. I mean, it's not like he's getting any younger. I want to win. I want to do it now. Go get him. Go Cardinals. Go get him. What? <laughs> Could you imagine that one? <laughs> Just an automatic influx. Woo! The, those those balls would rip through the the humid St. Louis air so quick. <laughs> Wouldn't even be a thing. Did oh. you? Uh, I don't even know if you've been on there, but did you see this thing about Zach Grinky? Yeah, I, the where he threw the ball that dude allegedly, allegedly, right? You can't tell me that. I don't know. I mean, the dude seems seems a little off. I get it. You know, he's got some problems with et cetera, et cetera. But to take a ball and throw it from a fan? Yeah, that just, it just doesn't seem right. I mean, it just like you know that that person's probably going to get on social media and blast you if you do it. And, like, I get that he probably generally doesn't care what anybody says about him. But that just doesn't – it doesn't have a good look. It really doesn't. Yeah. Well, not only that, but with the day and age that we're in and there's no camera footage of this, like, I don't know. It just seems like weird wildfire to spread whenever we've got one person saying it. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Weird, weird situation. Weird I, guy. You know, he's probably done after this season anyways, but I, I don't know. Right. I don't know. So um, you went to the game today. Did you have a good day at the game? Yeah, it was good. It, it was super cool to begin the day. And then, I, you know, by the fifth, sixth inning, it was hot. Uh, we were cel- celebrating King Leo's birthday, you know. Put shorts up a little bit. and got Yeah, I did. Thighs out, baby. Yeah. They need some love, too. They need some love, too. They don't get as much sun as the rest of the body does. Well, you know, whenever you're wearing five-inch inseam shorts, Tito, well, look, tan. I need them to understand. I need the people to understand that I am beautiful, um, but I want to be better. But you want to be better. I want to um, be better. So Leo, Leo had him a good birthday? Yeah, he, it was cool. I mean, we, we didn't do too much. I mean, while he's so young, we're not trying to do go overboard here, right, and rent out a bounce house for, you know, $6 billion. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could jump in it too. Yeah, I guess, but not at $6 billion. Um, but no, we, we had friends and family over. Um, uh, uh, we had some cake on Saturday. Then again, I was stuck out yesterday building a swing set for five hours. With my, my father-in-law, yeah, ugh, is right. Because it was hotter than you know what outside. And so um, by the time 10 o'clock rolled around last night, I <laughs> I was out cold, but, uh, no, it was cool, man. I mean, for me, it's, it's just uh, amazing how fast they grow up and how much he has learned in in four years and continues to learn. And, um, the only, the only thing I, uh, I wish he would do is pay more attention when we go to the ball game, but I can't help that. He's four. What am I supposed to do time and due time. That's right. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, he, he's like I said, he's still learning and um, he just really he does enjoy going to the games. His favorite things are the fireworks. So he got a good helping of that today. Oh, yeah. with the, the three home runs. And so 
um, it was it was nice. It just wish we could have capped it off with a big old W, as Mike Shannon would say. Yeah, but you know what? It is what it is. There will be plenty more baseball games uh, after today, and um, yeah. But he's cool. He's good. He hopefully sleeps tonight. We had a nasty storm come through yesterday, or like early this morning. And some of the lightning that we were getting was the, some of the loudest lightning I've ever heard in my entire life. And it woke him up. So he, he was in our bed uh, pretty early this morning and just snoozed away. It's ready for that. Ready for that big day. Yeah. It, and it was, it was fun though. It got hot though at some point, And I just thought to myself, well, guys haven't seen a lot of sun. Let's get him out. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you just got to pull the shorts up a little bit and get a little extra on top, you know? Yeah, I'm, you know, I wasn't too worried about it. Yeah. Everybody was putting sunscreen around around me, was putting sunscreen on. I said, no, 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 not for me. I'm getting dark. Let me have it. <laughs> I'm getting dark. Let me have it. Well, okay. Yeah, we're done with this series. Uh, we'll touch base again here in a few days um, after this, uh, this series against the Marlins. Um, as usual, you know, if you want to follow the Turn and Two podcast on Twitter at Turnin the Number Two Podcast, or subscribe on Apple iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. Until next time, how about them? No, how about them? How about them? How about them? Woo. <laughs> uh, all right, <laughs> stop. Woo. There we go. It's up in the corner still.